Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. In today's episode, we're going to tell you all about the Disneyland Hotel coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is a special edition of the Diz Unplugged, celebrating the 60th anniversary of Disneyland. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show coming to you from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined by an awful lot of people, uh, the most we've ever had in the studio, uh, Jenny Lynn Knopp. Hey, guys. From the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged, Mr. Tom Bell. Hello. The lovely and talented Kathy Whirling. Hi, everybody. Also from the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged, Michael Bowling. Hey there. Hi there. Hi there. And of course, Corey Martin. Just happy to be here. <laughs> oh, we're, just, we're just on a theme this week, aren't we? <laughs> And back in the production nook, our associate producer, Craig Williams, along with producer Dustin West, the lovely and talented Will Perry, and back in the corner, because nobody puts baby in the corner, (laughs) Rhino Clavin. Uh, So we are talking uh, today about the Disneyland Hotel, by far my favorite Disney hotel of any that I have ever stayed in. I've stayed at all the ones here in Orlando. I've stayed at all the ones out in California, and I've stayed at the Disneyland Hotel in Paris. And I can tell you unequivocally of those experiences that the Disneyland Hotel in California is my favorite. And there's a lot of reasons for it that we are going to get into. Um, But before we do that, we're going to give you a little overview that Craig has put together of the Disneyland Hotel. All right. Makes me want to go back. Mm -hmm. Makes me want a steak. (laughs) <laughs> I can't get that steak out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great restaurant, Steakhouse 55. Um, all right. I want to drink. <laughs> well. Trader Sam's. Well, it is 8 o'clock in the morning, too, <laughs> so, I mean, um, just so everybody understands, well, it's, it's, we are. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. 5 o'clock in the morning for you. Um, so everybody understands, we're recording, uh, it's right now uh, quarter to 9. Uh, we've been here since 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, we're pre-recording these, obviously, we can't do them live. But uh, we have 14 shows uh, in all going up this week so uh, we have to pre-record all of them in the course of about three days so if there's some continuity issues with these shows please forgive us we're doing our best but we're wearing the same shirt in five episodes yeah exactly (laughs) well four in this case unless you come tomorrow in the same clothes which is not out of the question Um, so let's just talk a little bit uh, a little bit about uh, the Disneyland Hotel this is obviously one of three hotels at the Disneyland Resort alongside Paradise Pier and Disney's Grand Californian Resort and Spa. And this is the original. This is the first Disney hotel ever built. It's undergone some some changes over the years. I'm going to talk about that a little later on. But uh, it is located kind of in the middle of the, you know, Paradise Pier is kind of off by itself. Grand Californian is right next to California Adventure. It's the closest one of the three. But uh, how long would you say the walk is from Disneyland to the park? About Seven minutes? Yeah. yeah about that, about yeah. ten. Ten yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's through downtown Disney. Uh, it cuts right through downtown Disney. And so it has, it has a great location, but it has a charm all of its own. It has a charm unlike any of the other Disney resorts, either there in California or certainly out here. Right. 
as, yeah. as I was looking at the video, I was trying to think of how to, how to describe the Disneyland Hotel. Elegant Mickey? Elegant Mickey, yeah, that's a great, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> uh, and, it, well, it's just, again, it's very, it's very steeped in its yeah. history. Yeah. And that is, for me, I think, one of the driving factors um, other than the rooms, right. which I think are just magnificent. We're going to talk about that in a little while. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the history of it. Um, of course, Michael Bowling, our resident Disney historian, member of the uh, Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged, and really happy. This is Michael's first time here in the studio. It is. I'm in the Diz Vatican. The Diz Vatican. <laughs> he says, what part of you do I kiss? <laughs> like, your wife is here. Chill out. Um, so let's just, why don't you give us a little history. You've had the pleasure, actually, of speaking with uh, Don Ballard. You've interviewed Correct. Don Ballard for the show. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Don Ballard wrote uh, just an incredible history on the Disneyland Hotel. It is my favorite Disney book. Mm-hmm. And I have gone through it. I can't tell you how many times. He includes so many pieces from like the early days, like the advertisements from the 50s and the menus from the restaurants and all these little things that you would have thought have been lost exactly. to time. Yeah. And it's an incredible book. We'll make sure there'll be a link in the show notes page for this uh, to that book so you can pick it up. And, uh, of course, everything that we talk about in the show, disunplugged.com, our show notes page. But let's talk a little bit about the history of the resort. Yeah, uh, thanks, Pete. Walt always intended to have a hotel built at Disneyland. He felt the success of Disneyland wasn't in the day guests just coming, staying for the day, and leaving. Remember, there, there, were, there was nothing in Anaheim at this time. He felt for his park to be successful, there had to be a hotel where people would stay for two or three days. But they were tapped out financially. I mean, they had sold everything in order to build the park. I mean, Walt even, you know, he even um, turned in his life insurance, borrowed on that to build Disneyland. So they had nothing. So they put out a proposal for bids, people to bid on building a hotel. And Jack Rather came in rather late into the game. He was a Texas oil wildcatter, but where where he caught um, Roy Disney's attention was through television because Jack Rather also owned popular um, television shows at the time, The Lone Ranger, Lassie, and, um, and then um, uh, Sergeant Preston of the Yukon. And of course, Walt was a pioneer in television as well. So they met Jack Rather. Jack Rather, like Walt, was also extremely innovative. Um, Walt wanted an upscale, comfortable hotel. And, and so together, um, they formed a deal out of the acreage that Walt had bought. Uh, um, some acreage was set aside for the hotel, and it was a long-term lease over to the Rather Corporation, and um, they started building the hotel. And it was, um, Jack Rather was as innovative as Walt was. This was the first hotel that was built with (coughs) rooms that accommodated four people. It had facilities for families, facilities for children. Um, He built convention and meeting facilities. So for the first time, when father went off to a convention or a meeting, he could now bring the family. And there were things for the family to do, and also uh, they had Disneyland. 
And that right. was unheard of in those days when it was. people would travel to do conferences where it's a lot more common now. But that was unheard of in those days. Right. Exactly. Um, because um, Jack Rather's second wife, Bonita Granville, was an actress, they had a lot of connections in the Hollywood industry. They knew how to cater to uh, the celebrities and their the privacy and level of, of service that they needed. So the Disneyland Hotel attracted a lot of the Hollywood movie stars at the time. So the for the Disneyland Hotel was the place to go for decades. And any time that there was growth at the Disneyland Hotel, if they were adding things, Jack worked with Disney in order to bring innovations to the hotel. Uh, they were the first ones to have colored televisions in every room. Mm. I, I mean, things that we consider standard today were, were started at the Disneyland Hotel. The first in-room televisions. Uh, the first uh, they had um, facilities for you know barbers and beauty shops. Um, first-rate restaurants. Uh, a, a whole shopping arcade. Uh, you know things that the only the finest hotels had in their day and they just set the standard for for um everything when disneyland expanded the hotel expanded the hotel that we know today started because the, the, they weren't keeping up with um, the the number of people that wanted to stay there they also needed to double the size of the hotel to remain profitable and jack was driving through los angeles one one day saw a sign for a hotel going up and it was going to be a tower he stopped immediately went in talked to the foreman and found out about this and said that's where we need to go and so what we now know as the um, Adventureland Tower, the Adventure Tower that was that went up and that was the start of all of the towers now, that we but know today. Originally the rooms at the Disneyland Hotel were almost like motor inn style. It they was were motor inn. Exterior, uh, exterior entrances and extended out originally where downtown Disney is right now. Correct. Right. It went all the way out to where the monorail station is. Monorail station never moved. But when you got off the monorails, there, there were the shops right there. There was an Olympic-sized swimming pool. And then you um, walked to – there were all these um, small two-story structures, two- and three-story structures that were referred to as the garden rooms because every, every garden room had either a patio or – or it had a balcony that was, and also the landscaping was very tropical. It was very lush. Um, again, a, a standard that Disney started for hotels was having this beautiful landscaping and beautiful lighting, and uh, and so yeah, it was all of these small two and three story, um, um, you know, um, motel like structures, but again, very comfortable, very innovative, and um, but gave you that privacy that people wanted many of the the restaurants there just live on in memories i mean the monorail cafe mm-hmm. people love when that was finally demolished for the expansion of downtown disney it was um people really bemoaned that one uh the coffee house that is still there what is one of the original um one of the original shops. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah, it was almost there from the very beginning. It's moved around a bit, but it was, there was always a coffee house, coffee shop. And, uh, um, you know, Granville's, when that was built, that's now Steakhouse 55. It was named after, you know, Benita Granville. Jack Rather's wife. wife. 
Right. So, um, unfortunately, as time went on, and, um, you know, Walt Disney always said that he was, because Jack really helped them out when they needed the hotel built, Jack, uh, Walt always told everybody in the company, just lay off of Jack Rather. Don't try to take over that hotel. Don't do anything. But um, Walt passed away, and Jack still had a good relationship. But unfortunately, Jack had several battles with cancer. And so when uh, Michael Eisner and Frank Wells came on the scene, they were very interested in acquiring the Disneyland Hotel property. And and Jack was in very ill health, but um, rather was there was a recession at the time. Rather was going the way the corporation was going through some financial difficulties. They were se- they were selling off some of their properties, including their television rights to the shows I had talked about. They were all in syndication, so um, he was entering a deal in order to sell the hotel, and then Jack Rather passed away. Mm. And so uh, the Disney company decided to back off for a little while. Um, Jack's youngest son, Christopher, who never intended to run the family business, had to do it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Jack's oldest son, who was groomed to run the business, um, committed suicide. Mm. And so, uh, so Christopher had to run it. And... Christopher has referred to this as some of the worst, the worst period of his life, mm. and because it was right when the oil embargo started, and um, and just the economy was bad, and unfortunately the Disneyland Hotel was starting to, um, it was in need of renovation. There were weeds in the landscaping. The rooms were dated, and. You know, and Michael Eisner became alarmed by this because even though they didn't own it, it had the Disney name right. on it, so it reflected on them, and so it became his mission to purchase this hotel, and so um, the Ray the corporate rather corporation was preparing to sell it, but they weren't ready to, and Michael Eisner played hardball with them, um, including the um, the licensing agreement for the monorail was coming up for renewal. And the and Michael Eisner threatened that because they were going to they were rather corporation was threatening to sell to a third party, and it was going to be it was an international company, which meant the name was going to go to another company, and they had they intended to sell the name and build Disneyland hotels. Well, because part of the deal that if I remember reading correctly, part of the deal that Walt gave Jack Rather was not just the rights to build the Disneyland Hotel there in Anaheim, mm-hmm. but the rights to the name Disneyland Hotel to build anywhere he wanted. Right. So he could have built Disneyland hotels all over the country with that name and no direct connection to a theme park. Right. And then Jack chose not to do that because he felt that the, the hotel had to be connected to the park. And so... Um, and that was another reason that whole Walt different era of doing business. It. Oh, exactly, and so so Michael Eisner threatened that there would be a rental fee for the use of the monorail, a maintenance fee that would be about ten thousand dollars a day, mm. so <laughs> roughly. And fine, and and the the Rather Corporation realized this would make it impossible to sell the hotel, so they finally did enter into an agreement to sell the hotel. And so finally, it 
it joined the Disney company. And then it was, I think it was 1999 when they started demolishing the original right. portion of the hotel that we were talking about earlier. And then when was it that it went through its uh, its its complete renovation with the pool, the rooms? Just a few years ago, yeah. It was just a few yeah. years ago that, that that finished. And, you know, what I noticed is that uh, that renovation seemed to say, okay, you know, it, 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 the Disneyland Hotel was still kind of in flux from what it had been to what it was becoming under Disney's ownership. And that renovation, when they redid the pool and they redid, you know, they added Trader Sam's and... Tangaroa Terrace. They let the Imagineers go crazy. They let the Imagineers Mm -hmm. go crazy. And I'll tell you something. You want to see what a hotel can be when you let Imagineering do what it's meant to do. The Disneyland Hotel is it. Um, There are... uh, I want to talk a little bit about the rooms at the Disneyland Hotel because it's one of my highlights. It's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. things. uh, About, on average, 425 to 450 square feet. For these rooms, they are large rooms because they were built back in a day when that was the standard size for a hotel room, not 325 square feet, which is what you get down the road at the Grand Californian, which is one of the things that (laughs) annoys me about it. Um, But these are just elegant, elegant, elegant rooms, these really deep, rich blues in the carpet, the blue and gold in the carpet. um, uh, There's a headboard uh, attached to the wall Uh, It's a solid wood headboard with a carving depicting Sleeping Beauty Castle. And it's got a nice little touch, a little fiber optic touch. There's a switch on the nightstand, on the lamp, that if you switch it, it plays a little uh, Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. And lights go off all around the headboard in the castle. Really cool touch. It's Kathy's favorite thing. It is. It, they yes, call it, I recorded that. I want that in my bedroom at home. <laughs> they call that the kiss goodnight. Right. Mm-hmm. And the appointments in the room just feel elegant without feeling stuffy. Mm-hmm. You don't feel, I mean, you feel very warm. It's very warm. It's very welcoming. The designers did an incredible job with these touches. And, you know, really with a lot of, a lot of times, a great hotel room comes down to the details. Mm-hmm. The details, not just of the color schemes and things like the headboard, but those little pillows, those little throw pillows that say, you know, one of them says, a dream is a wish, or, or uh, a dream is a wish your heart, heart makes, makes when, when you're fast, fast asleep. You know, I even the, the, the touches of Mickey in the room are done mm-hmm. so elegant, like Mickey's hand holding yeah, the, the, uh, the lamps pictures. and like just a little, the Mickey head on the, the tub. Oh, right on, yeah. the, on the handles. Yeah, yeah. It's, all, yeah. it's all done very classy. Yeah. The rooms are uh, divided up into a, a few different views. You have a standard view, which is a parking lot, basically a parking lot view. Uh, the deluxe view, which is a pool view. And a premium view, which is usually a downtown Disney view, which are my favorite. Yeah. I actually, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I don't get upset if I get a pool view. Because that pool yeah. is amazing. During the Disneyland Disneyland Hotel video that Craig put together, you see a time lapse that was actually taken from our room of the pool. That was the view. It was done at night, and most incredible thing to sit and look at. And there's a for those who are watching, great picture that was taken from our room. So, kind of get an idea of this. You know, the beautiful view of the pool. Um, of course, if you have a downtown Disney view, you also have a fireworks view. Because when the fireworks go off at uh, Disneyland Park, you can see them from those rooms. So that's a nice touch. Uh, club level, uh, 
is available at the Disneyland Hotel as it is at all three of the, their properties. Their standard view on a club level is as a pool view. Premium view is the downtown Disney view. <laughs> you can expect to pay anywhere from a two to three hundred dollar a night premium uh, for a concierge room. There is a one of the best lounges of any hotel I've ever stayed in in terms of club level, and it's on the uh, it's in the um, adventure um, the adventure tower, yeah. and it's up at the very top. Has a sweeping view of downtown Disney and the theme park, <laughs> like we do out here when. Any of the concierge lounges has a view of the uh, the fireworks. They lower the lights, pipe the music in, and you can watch watch the fireworks from there. It's a really cool experience. But a standard room at the Disneyland Hotel is going to run you between three and five hundred dollars a night, depending on the season. As I said, for uh, concierge for club level, you can expect a two to three hundred dollar premium on top of that. Um, and then, of course, there are the suites. And uh, there are one, two, and three bedroom suites that are available that are not themed. They're beautiful, very, very comfortable. I was in one. I was in, <clears throat> what did they call it? It's like a princess suite or something. I don't know. But um, it was absolutely beautiful. It was a, one, a, a nice one-bedroom suite. And these range anywhere from 700 to $1,200 a night, depending, again, on time of year. These are not, those suites, the one, two, and three bedroom, are not club level. It's important to note, most Disney hotels, if you're in a suite, you're automatically in club level. That is not the case with the one, two, and three bedroom suites. You can get them with club level access, but it doesn't come part and parcel. Uh, However, one of the things we got to experience on this trip, which was a highlight for me, was the ability to see some of the signature suites that are available Mm -hmm. at the three hotels. And... We got to see one in the Paradise Pier. We got to see a couple at Grand Californian. And we got to see a couple at Disneyland Hotel. So uh, Dustin has put together a video of the various suites we saw at the three hotels. And this is one of my favorites. So let's go ahead and play that. Oh. We were engrossed. We were absolutely engrossed. We were not ready to come back. <laughs> and I forgot when the video ended. Like, uh, for, for, those of you, for those of you who are listening and not watching, all of these videos that we're playing during the show are available on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash info, And, of course, links to them are going to be all over the Diz um, as well. So you can go and watch them. And I highly recommend that you do. Um, these videos were put together specifically to be part of this content and I, they all really kind of punctuate the what we're talking about mm-hmm. and so like watching Craig's Disneyland Hotel overview is really going to help you get context for the things that we're talking mm-hmm. about here in the show and talking about the suites um, I don't think anybody else has a, the collection of videos of the suites like this because we had what six of them six of them in there I yeah think. Um, yeah that's right so um, really cool great job on that um, Thank you. So let's talk about some of the resort highlights, some of the things about this resort that we really uh, we love. Um, of course, you know, the first thing that comes to mind for me is the pool, um, the, the monorail, the monorail slide, the old Disneyland hotel sign that sits above it. Um, it's just one of those things that even though I'm not a pool guy, I'm not a guy, I'm not going to sit out at the pool. I love looking at this pool. Mm-hmm. I love looking at the view that we're showing on the screen right now. Uh, that's the monorail slide. Yeah. 
and it's it's just the coolest and that, coolest thing. And that exists in what's you know uh, what other hotels would have is like a splash zone or like those dumping buckets and stuff like that. This is only one portion of the pool. It's a very shallow. It's mostly a puddle, but then this awesome slide that you see a lot of young kids go. I'm not sure if adults are allowed or not. Um, they but, are. Beyond there, Michael's done it. I, I've done it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Push children out of the way. <laughs> but again, that's just one portion. There's three other portions to the pool, plus I think two hot tubs. Yeah. Yes. It's uh, it's massive. It takes up that entire courtyard area in between the three towers. Now, back in the day, that was a marina. Right. Yeah. It, that, that that's gone through a lot of different changes, but it was a marina. Jack rather wanted something unique and different in the hotels. Everybody else had um, pools and beaches and all of that. So he made a marina in there. It ultimately was called Seaports of the Pacific. There was a, a shopping area. It reminded me very much of, of almost what became downtown Disney and 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 the Polynesian. Um, there was there was a, there was a international bazaar. There was a little place where you could have paddle boats. You could rent them and go on them. They had remote controlled boats, mm, including the, yeah. the Queen Anne. Was the even you had there was a remote controlled Queen Anne ocean liner. That even you could even go there and look at yachts and speedboats. Mm-hmm. They were on display. There was an airplane. That again to fit in with that motif of uh, the the tropical seaport, they had to close down the freeway to land the airplane, and then they had it trucked over and placed in a Disneyland hotel. Wow! There were restaurants. They had the very first video arcade anywhere in the United States was at that seaport. They had our precursor to World of Color. There was a dancing water show. The stage is still there uh, off in the corner. But um, it was a dancing water show with lights and mm-hmm. synchronized water and music. Um, there was the, wor- the world's first laser light show was also part of that expansion. Uh, there, it, it just, again, it just went on and on. And he also had a... Um, a, a walk-in Caribbean beach um, white sand pool. It doesn't seem like it too. would fit. <laughs> You're talking about all these big things. This kind of this yeah. this har- this harkens back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the show. The book by Don Ballard um, shows the pictures mm-hmm. and tells the story of how the resort started and all of these things that that Jack Rather added and these innovations uh, and complete with like the original advertising for the hotel and all these cool little yeah. things that you just thought would have been like I said lost to time um, that's why I recommend this book so highly for any Disney fan it's just it's a great history I was going to say I think that one of the things that makes this resort so special is that even though it's gone through so many changes it's always I guess been able to still capture the essence of what you find in Disneyland Park. And there Mm -hmm. is no other Disney resort that um, captures a park quite the way that this one does. Not so directly. Down to, you know, we were talking about the pool a minute ago, and it so clearly looks like the monorail. But then just the resort in general. It had me the minute I stepped into the lobby, Mm -hmm. and it had the teacup seating area. You know, like the Mad Hatter Mm -hmm. Tea Party attractions. You see the attractions 
reflected throughout the entire resort. We've got the Adventureland Tower, the Frontierland Tower, and then the Fantasyland Tower. The gift shop is called, it's a, you know, small. Fantasia. Fantasia. Uh, yes, and then they've got the Small World Sundries, and mm-hmm. just the, the whole thing reflects the experience that you have with the attractions. Trader Sam's, it's like Jungle Cruise meets Tiki Room. Mm-hmm. It's a great just, way to put it's, it. it. It's an incredible place to be. You want to talk about carrying over your experience in the park for 24 hours. This absolutely is the hotel that does that best, mm-hmm. I think. I think maybe that's one of the reasons I love it so much is mm-hmm. that it, it, I, I hadn't even thought about it like that. But that's such a great observation because it's it's absolutely true. It, it is this integration with the park in a way that I don't think any other Disney hotel right. does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have no trouble criticizing uh, Disney hotels. Um, I really have never found a reason to criticize this property. Now, with that said, there was something I meant to do at the beginning of this that I did not. Um, we are not going to be doing reviews of these hotels. That's because we were given consideration by Disney. Uh, they helped us out quite a bit in terms of the rooms uh, to do this. Um, and so... I will not actually quote unquote review a property if I didn't pay for it. So I'm sharing the information that we have and our opinions on it. We're not doing this is not a review. This is a an overview. Um, but I like to have full uh, full disclosure with that. I don't want to make it sound like you know I had ten people out there, and so I did reach out to Disney and say, "Hey, want to help us out?" And they did go around with us. All the filming that we did in the resorts were, were done with a production crew that Disney sent with us. I mean, we did all the filming, but they were there to help smooth the way. And I got to tell you, they were the most amazing team of people to work with. They were so great. They let us go wherever we want. Anything we asked for, they set it up for us. Um, And being able to get those suites, we never would have been able to get those suites. They set that up for us. So we did work very closely with Disney on this. And uh, so I I, I meant to say that at the very beginning of the show, Mm -hmm. but I want to make sure I get that in here now. I wanted to just mention, as a, as a Disney fan, Jenny Lynn touched on it a little bit, but when I walked in the lobby, I made a point every morning of going down to the lobby and just sitting there and listening to the music and just watching what went on and watching the characters come through because Incredible, isn't out it? there, um, you know, they don't have a handler with them. And to watch them come through and Mickey just comes strolling through yep. and people run up to him and stuff. Just, you know, the music, the you know, if you, I spent some time in each one of the buildings just sitting there listening to the music and how the music worked with the theming of the that tower. And it was just – there was just so many details. It's like your mind was on overload for all the things that they put in each one of the towers. You know, as Those I, elements in particular, like, you know, it, it's – and it happens – Every time I'm out there, mm-hmm. at some point in time, I'll be out in front of the hotel. Usually, it's having a cigarette, um, and invariably, a character Goofy will walk mm-hmm. out. And what other resort does that ever happen? Doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. You, it's the characters are at the resort, and there's no line. No, just, right. and you're not paying for a all-you-can-eat buffet in order to get that interaction. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Although, if you know, honestly, if you do want to pay for an all-you-can-eat buffet to get that kind of character interaction. Goofy's Kitchen, also located yeah. at Disneyland Hotel, is a great place to do it. Phenomenal breakfast. Um, I've had some great, great meals there. We do it every time that we do the uh, Adventures by Disney Backstage Magic. We head over to Goofy's Kitchen. And uh, it's, I find, and I don't know if it's just me, 
but I find the level of character interaction in Disneyland in general, not just at that hotel, definitely a couple of notches higher than what we get out here. Agreed. They, I think, I think again, you know, I've talked about it on shows before, the talent pool that oh, they yeah. have to draw from. Being so close to Hollywood and Los Angeles and so many actors and entertainers that are out there trying to make their way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the stories are legendary of actors and entertainers who started at Disneyland. You know, Steve Martin worked in the magic shop on Main Street. Uh, Sharon Stone was, was, Mickey, was Mickey Mouse at one point. Um, did you not know that? No, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, Sharon Stone was Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Um, she was a friend of Mickey. A friend. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't want to kill the magic for anybody. Spoiler um, Yeah, Mickey Mouse starred in Basic Instinct. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cross your legs. Yeah, cross your legs. So, you know, the, the, the talent pool that they have out there I think is just, you know, generally speaking, not that we don't have some amazing talent out here. We do. I'm not saying that we don't. But I just think there's a lot bigger pool to draw from. And Disneyland certainly benefits from that. And I see it in the character interaction. Some of the best experiences I've had with characters have been out there. Just the street musicians, excuse me, street <laughs> musicians at uh, downtown Disney. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was. Right? Yeah, amazing. So you can tell there's a lot of talent there. Amazing. Um, another highlight of this resort that uh, uh, I think we can all uh, we can all get behind Steakhouse 55 mm-hmm. oh yeah, oh, yeah. Um, one of my favorite restaurants it's a it's a staple every time I'm out there I have to eat there at least once our first night we were out there all of us had an amazing dinner oh yeah mm-hmm. at Steakhouse 55 and of course my good friend over here <laughs> we can just call him Marrow Sucking Cory <laughs> because they do we have a picture of that <laughs> yeah really um, all of the you know, I think most of our meals came with like the bone and the marrow. They do that thing, and with all of us were completely repulsed by it, with the exception of Corey Patrick Martin, <laughs> who will eat anything you put in front of him. And I'm pretty sure it was like seven things of marrow. It was wonderful. You know, it really was. Wonderful. So I handed that straight to you. No yeah, way, Jose. It was like meat pudding. I tried it. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, what a what a oh, great appetizing. <laughs> Meat pudding. <laughs> um, we before we came out here to Orlando, Carol and I were Disneyland. We flew from kingdom to kingdom, but the morning of our flight, we had breakfast at Steakhouse Fifty Five. Great breakfast. Excellent, excellent breakfast. Very different ambiance because it's a little more formal. Uh, it, Carol had the largest omelet I have ever seen in my life, <laughs> and um, and then I had the eggs Benedict. They make the best eggs Benedict. Yeah, that well is my that is my it. thing. Every time it, I have breakfast, the there. service was impeccable. Food was excellent. Coffee's incredible. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it was it was and, well and the, worth it. The great thing is you're not paying. A premium price. No, you're not. No. And that's one thing that got me is that. I mean, is, you're going to pay the same thing as what you would pay at Rainforest Cafe. I yeah. Mean, it seems like a hidden and a gem. Much, too. Yes. It is a hidden gem. Yes. And a lot of people don't go there for breakfast. So it's never a problem to get in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not crowded. And the service, yes, the service is amazing. Prices are really reasonable. It's, you know, it's an absolute hidden gem. But I think our favorite place. Bar none, hands down, at the Disneyland Hotel, Trader Sam's. Mm-hmm. Trader mm-hmm. Sam's. It is pretty much, if you can't find any one of us, just go to Trader Sam's. Mm-hmm. That's Trader, Trader Sam's is 
the lobby of the Disneyland Hotel. <laughs> it is. It yeah, kind it of is. Like it. Yeah, it's in a way. Lobby. It is. It's yeah. like a lobby. It's a good way to put it's it. It's just where you people, kind of gravitate. Most towards. people don't hang out in because there's three different right. lobbies for yeah. the three towers. Everybody hangs out at Trader Sam's. Yeah. yeah, and Trader Sam's is connected right next door to Tangaroa Terrace, which is their quick service restaurant. Also very, very good. The mm-hmm. food was tremendous. This is the stuff I paid for, so I'll talk about what I thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was, it was excellent, excellent food, uh, for qu- especially for quick service. Um, and I think what they've done with Captain Cook's at the Polynesian is very much along the same lines. Different food. But I find the food at Captain Cook's to be very good as well. Great counter service. Disney has really upped their game with counter service, uh, especially out here. Um, and then you see something like like Tangaroa Terrace. But Trader Sam's is uh, uh, part of what, some of the two of the designers that helped with that are good friends, uh, Kevin Kidney and Jody Daly. And for those of you who are fans of the old uh, Adventurers Club at Downtown Disney here in Orlando. You'll be happy to know some of those elements, some of those items made their way into Trader Sam's. And it's always fun to go in and see if you can spot which ones they are. But lots of specialty drinks, just like the one that we opened out here. But And I really, I still haven't been to the one we opened out here. Um, but this is the original. This is the original. You know, it's not very big. If you if you have, you know, three or more people, chances are you're going to be sitting outside because it fills up pretty fast in there. That's where we kind of met most of the time. We were outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we sitting outside. I liked it outside. Yeah. Well, they have entertainment out there mm-hmm. on the weekends. Also, the nice. weather is just so nice out there mm-hmm. that it's much more relaxing to sit outside anywhere at Disneyland than it is in the Florida heat mm-hmm. and humidity. Yeah, depending mm-hmm. on time of year, yeah. sure. Sure. The way I like to, I'm sorry, the way I like to do it, if I were by myself, um, instead of getting a waitress or a server come to your table, uh, sit outside, but then just go order in the bar so you can still have that experience, you know, mm-hmm. of going in and seeing the bar. Oh, absolutely. Especially when there are certain drinks that things happen when yeah. you order them. So, and and if you if you want to people watch, it's a great place. But because, like Tom said, that's sort of the lobby of the Disneyland Hotel. You never know who's going to be there. I've seen John Lasseter there. I've seen Tony Baxter there. Um, I've seen, uh, I mean, people um, that you know, luminaries of you know. Well, well, who hasn't seen Bob Bob Woods the Party Girl there? Um, but you know, I mean, anybody. Um, from Disney Imagineering to the executives. I mean, I think I've pretty much seen all the main characters there. I haven't seen Bob Iger there, but um, it's a fun place to go and just see who's visiting Disneyland today. And from we got the recognized company. while we were sitting Several there. times mm-hmm. we've got, we were stopped by listeners and viewers, which was really cool. That always yeah. makes me feel good when we're not in Disney World. And folks, stop us. It's happening a lot at Universal. Mm-hmm. We go to Universal. Happened a lot while we were out in Disneyland, which is really, really cool. And that's why we tell people all the time, you see us, come up, say hello. We absolutely love it. You're not bothering us. Well, most of you are. Some of you are. A little <laughs> and you know who you are. You know who you are. Um, what else? What, what would, is there a highlight that I've missed here? Is there something that we want to make sure before we wrap up that we get out about the Disneyland Hotel? I think, I think Kathy talked about it it's just all the details in the lobbies um in the convention center area there's that huge display of that, sh- that massive shadow box with mass- all the yeah, memorabilia, toys and memorabilia toys and name tags and pennants and maps and you'd spend hours just looking at oh, that yeah yeah well, are, there, wanted- are there still things on the second floor michael the like the 
blueprints or something like that up in the... I haven't been up there to okay. see. Okay. But yeah, I, was, I wanted to bring up the fact that, you know, and Jenny Lynn brought it up too, is the history that they're tied into. You walk in and there's that huge map of, of uh, a fun map from 1966 that's sort of interactive in a way. And I, I know we had it in the video. But um, yeah, all the, the photos of celebrities mm-hmm. that have visited the mm-hmm. hotel, the memorabilia wall. In the lobby, just as we talked about how each tower is represents one of the original realms of Disneyland, you know, in the Fantasy Tower, there's the teacups, and there's but there's also concept art from the original park that you know John Hench and Herb Ryman drew um, that, that adorns the lobby area. If you go into the uh, the Adventure Tower, there's maquettes and concept art of the animals for the Jungle Cruise. You go into the the Frontierland. Frontier Tower. There's the Tony Baxter's scale model of Big Thunder Mountain Railway for Disneyland, as well as, again, concept art for the original Frontierland. And then, of course, the, the pool that Pete spoke about is, is the realm of Tomorrowland. So all the four original realms are represented. And as I s- said in the beginning, this is what happens. This is what you get when you let Imagineering do their thing. Uh, you get a hotel that is absolutely modern, in its services and its amenities while paying respectful homage to its history and its origins. And I can't think of a better way to end this on, than on that note. Uh, so Disneyland Hotel, my favorite hotel mm-hmm. of all the Disney properties. And if you are planning to head out to Disneyland for the 60th anniversary, which I strongly encourage you to do because a lot of cool stuff is coming, stuff, the stuff we're talking about all week this week, uh, then th- consider the Disneyland Hotel. I think a lot of people gravitate to the Grand Californian because it's the best. And there's a lot to love about the Grand Californian. It's not my favorite, but I know a lot of people love it, and I take nothing away from that. For me, for me, it's all about save, the Disneyland save a Hotel. Save bit, a little bit of money and stay at the Disneyland Hotel. And sometimes yeah. that's yeah. as much as $200 a night. Yeah. Cheaper to stay yeah. at the Disneyland Hotel. So, all right, that is going to do it for our discussion on the Disneyland Hotel. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back with you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone, and remember, go to Disneyland. (laughs) 